Welcome to the latest episode of Five on the Floor on the Five Reasons Sports Network. We're now on Red Circle as well as Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and more. You can also catch us on the Five Reasons YouTube channel. It's a great place to get us if you're an Android user. You can also get all of the other content that's on that channel as well if you just hit the subscribe button. Also, FiveReasonsSports.com. Spell that one out. You get the latest takeaways from Brady Hawk, Louis Sung, and others on all of the teams in town. And check out the great sponsors of the Five Reasons Sports Network. It's time. We're getting close to the first NFL games just coming up in just about a week. You got to get the prize picks. Use the code 5 FIVE. Get your initial deposit match up to $100. This is the official fantasy sponsor of the Five Reasons Sports Network. Also, was just named the number one fastest growing sports product in the country in 2021. Find out why. Go to prize picks com or prize picks on the app store the google play store download it for free and again get your initial deposit match but you got to use that code f-i-v-e for five and now tonight's episode Down to this Five on the floor, ride for my dogs. Where is the thing? You can check the score. Hustle hard, couple scars, wearing bubble frogs. Just like Buckley said, you in trouble, y'all. Kept the floor playing, got an all band. Y'all seen the block, stop the one hand. And Pat, we trust, it's power, have the guts. We're here to bring the heat. Y'all can hang it up. Welcome to Five on the Floor, a daily insider show on the Miami Heat and the NBA featuring Ethan Skolnick, Greg Sylvander, and Alex Toledo, plus others from the Five Reasons Sports Network. All right, Ethan Skolnick back on Five on the Floor. Here's today's floor plan. I got Greg Sylvander. You can follow him at Greg Sylvander. Got Alex Toledo. You can follow him at Tropical Blanket. Twitter is ablaze tonight. Um, Essentially, I think a lot of Heat fans got their hopes up too high on this. We're going to talk about that as we go forward. We have kind of talked about it over the past couple of months. We were signaling that Donovan Mitchell was likely not going to be a member of the Miami Heat. But when it actually happened today that Mitchell was traded to the Cleveland Cavaliers, a team that had not really been discussed, it had been mostly about the Knicks. We had said that Quentin Grimes was the issue when it came down to the Knicks and Utah. It does appear that that was the case. Essentially, Ainge kept asking for more. The Knicks weren't going to budge on Grimes as well as all of the other draft picks. Cleveland ends up getting him essentially for Colin Sexton, a re-signed Colin Sexton, Laurie Markkinen, a bunch of picks, three picks, I believe, three first-round picks, and some pick swaps. And he fans are frustrated because they're looking at that offer and saying, we could have beaten that. Before we get to what the Heat did or didn't do, because I don't think anybody on Twitter knows what they were actually trying to accomplish, (laughs) Greg, I'll go to you on this. Do you think that the Miami Heat could have had an offer that was better than the one that Utah ultimately took? Again, accounting for the fact that Danny Ainge doesn't really like to deal with the Heat to begin with, and that Donovan Mitchell, who appears now is happy to go to Cleveland, never really said anything like, as much as he was playing in pro-ams and living down here, which a lot of guys do, by the way, he never actually said, get me to Miami. I mean, there's a couple things here. I I feel like even those two things aside, the offer itself for what Utah's trying to accomplish long term, they control the next five drafts for the Cleveland Cavaliers now with the pick swaps and the unprotected picks. And that was something that Miami couldn't necessarily match. And I know people probably say, Oh, go and trade for a first round pick to add to the mix, right? Teams are not like first round picks are not being traded 
for Max Struess and Gabe Vincent. Probably not even the two of them together would get you a first round pick in, in the economy as it stands right now in the league, because also they'd know the Heat were cooking up something, right? So that's just not realistic. Here's the other thing. Duncan Robinson. We're seeing the way that these deals are crafted, that you're seeing players with non-guaranteed final seasons in their contracts or shorter deals being the connective tissue salary-wise in these deals. And Miami, in order to make salaries match, would have had to include Duncan Robinson in most cases. I mean, we can get weird with the Kyle Lowry stuff, but that's not realistic. So to me, the short answer is no, they couldn't have matched this exact deal. It, it does. There's a weird part of it, though. And I don't know where we can, where we should get into this, but I'm going to sneak it in here. There's a weird part of it where it just feels like in the past, the move has always been go all in, whatever it takes, whatever that means. And because there's been what appears to be avenues to get stuff done and nothing happened, I think that the Heat fans are a little bit like, whoa, this is a change in strategy, right? Because we're used to you being super aggressive, going and getting the guy you want. People always crying about not having picks because the Heat don't value them enough. And now they're kind of hold, holding these picks and, and waiting. So it's just that that's a little bit of the weird part that tugs at the fans, I think, today as they're frustrated. But I think you made the key point there. You said getting the guy you want. So I had an interesting conversation last week, um, not with somebody in the organization. I've talked a lot about conversations I've had with people inside the organization who were signaling to me weeks ago, take a couple months off. <laughs> you know, I've said that here, right? I mean, and we weren't going to do that on the podcast, but that essentially nothing was going to happen. And we, we said that I, even on the last two podcasts, they, this is the team they're going to take to training camp. This is kind of what we've assumed that they were going to end up doing. But I had an interesting conversation with somebody who's not in the organization, but deals with those in the organization who said to me the other day, I don't think they're that into Mitchell. And I think what you're getting at, Greg, and I'll go to Alex next, is that it's do whatever it takes to get the guy you want. I'm not saying that they didn't believe there's going to be a lot of double negatives in here that Donovan Mitchell at this point is a more advanced player than Tyler Hero. Okay. I, I mean, they believe that anybody with eyes believes that. Okay. It's just the nature of Donovan is an older player who's come when he came into the league and has done things, not in these past postseason, but has done things in the postseason uh, that most guards in the league have not done. And of course, Tyler, as much as he did his first year in the postseason, didn't do a lot the second year. And then the third year, we all know what happened right after winning six man of the year. So I don't, I'm not saying that the heat are not in recognition that Donovan Mitchell is at a higher level than Tyler Hero in the same way that they would have looked at Jimmy Butler as at a much higher level than Josh Richardson or some of the other trades that they've made. But five but, drafts? But that's the problem. See, see that that's the thing here. And, and it's not that the Heat wouldn't be willing to do that. It's get it's it's as I said, it's the actual economy of this thing and being able to get those picks with what they have. And I just don't think they were ever in position that this is what, and this is not making excuses for them, but this is a separate conversation we're going to have here on whether or not they needed to be more aggressive, where you need to go all in, you know, caution to the wind and all that good stuff. Okay. But I'm just saying like, I, I just never got the sense that they felt the upgrade was so significant that it was worth gutting everything. And even the conversations I had with them about Durant, 
yes, they kept the door open for Durant, not signing PJ to the extra year, all the rest of the things that we know occurred. And for Durant, it was worth it, but it still wasn't worth it for them to include Bam. And so I think the thing that Heat fans have to kind of get their arms around here, and it's a little crazy to me that they can't understand it at all, at least from the sample size on Twitter that just wants the transaction, is that they like their team. And we just keep saying this on podcast after podcast, but I'm telling you, they like their team. Now, they may be wrong about the upside of this team. There may not be as much internal improvement as they're hoping for even though I've been told that several key guys have had ex- excellent summers and they may be wrong. This may be from two years ago. This may be a team that has maxed. We talked about the late nineties and others and that essentially they should have done whatever it was, but they don't view it that way. I can tell you that. Okay. So Alex, I'll go to you and I apologize for the delay on this. I mean, you're looking at that offer that they end up taking, which, by the way, I, I think the Knicks made a better offer than Cleveland did. That, that's my personal opinion. But, I mean, what exactly could the Heat have done to trump that? How many players would have had to have been gone, you know, to yeah. get the picks that they needed plus the picks that they had? I don't know. I think they could have put up um, – you could call it a comparable trade package if they would have offered everything they have currently available. Right now getting into guys – that they could or couldn't trade for picks, right? Because that's kind of things that you're just unsure about. It's kind of speculation. But in the sense of what they did have to offer in with draft capital, it's two first-round picks, two pick swaps, I believe. From from what I read, that's that's the case. Now, one of those things that, they, that he could have offered, excuse me, one of those people that he could have offered is Nikola Jovic, a first-round pick from this season, right? That was part of what the Cavs threw in as well. Um, Agbaji, I, I believe I'm pronouncing his last name correctly, was the 14th pick in the draft. So, you know, they got three unprotected firsts, two pick swaps. Um, Agbaji, who I think a lot of Cav, a lot of Cavs fans were excited for. So it's kind of four first round picks when you throw it, uh, when you put it that way. Sexton is a good player. Like you got to see what he comes back from. I mean, comes back from the injury looking like, but he is a, a, a good player. Like they get back somebody who, they could play or they could end up trading at a certain point in the future as well. Marketing uh, brought up his value in Cleveland and he, he can play a little bit too. Like it's going to, it's going to be just more players that Danny Ainge is going to be uh, able to flip if he wants to, but that's kind of just the mode that he's in right now. But Danny Ainge and the Utah jazz have kind of blown up the trade market. And I think even though he didn't get a ginormous haul for Mitchell, it is still a whole lot of draft capital, a whole lot of young players here. And it doesn't seem like the Heat were able to match it. And that's kind of what it comes down to, it looks like for me. Because either you're, if you're a big enough fan of Tyler, I think maybe you can uh, get over it. But I think the Knicks and the Cavs, just from those two offers that we know of, like if you're a rebuilding team in the Jazz's specific position, you know you're not going to be um, like bringing in talent free agency wise anytime soon. Like it just makes sense for them to go all the way and lean towards draft capital. You know, it's the same thing that OKC did. Exactly. And, and just to go beyond it, context matters here, okay? So, okay, the easy place for some people to go to who just don't – are not fans of Tyler. Uh, let, let's, just, let's just acknowledge this because we're going to get into Tyler in the second half of this episode, okay, and his tweet and all the rest of this. There are some, okay, we know who are very active on Twitter who just honestly 
are not fans of Tyler Hero. Like they, they okay, I, I don't think it's him personally, but maybe it's his fans that bother them. Uh, it's a little bit similar to the Tua thing with the Dolphins in some ways, but they, they just, <laughs> they're never going to buy into Tyler. Okay. And, and the playoffs, you know, did not help that situation. And so the, the immediate conclusion that they all jump to is, well, you all Heat fans love Tyler so much and the Utah Jazz preferred Colin Sexton. But again, there's no context to that because you're not getting Tyler Hero for the extension that Colin Sexton just signed. So Danny Ainge brings in a player, a guard that he likes, okay, at a much cheaper price, uh, locked up for a pretty long-term period. Similar production, similar age. Right, that he would have had Tyler Hero. So, okay, so that's the first thing. Then Alex mentions the other thing that essentially you're getting this additional first-round pick, mid-first-round pick from Cleveland, the player who was just drafted, okay, who you like, who you can develop, who was drafted a lot higher than the Heat's first-round pick was drafted, okay? I mean, he was projected to be better. So even if you were including Jovich, then you're bringing in a player from Cleveland who was already higher-picked. And then there's this other issue, which you know we don't talk about a lot, but it's funny because when – the Heat were perceived to have this really bleak future. Remember that whole thing about the, the OKC pick and how that was the most valuable pick and Zach Lowe and everybody used to talk about that. Well, I don't think that's the case anymore. Like the Heat, uh, people don't view the Heat's future as bleak, regardless of how long, you know, Jimmy or, or Pat's going to be there. So their draft picks may not be worth as much to another team as, say, Cleveland, which, again, no disrespect to what they've done. I'm a big fan. I know Kobe Altman. Well, I, I'm very, I'm a big fan of what they've accomplished here, but I, I do think that there is a perception sometimes to not take the, the Heat's picks because the Heat have been pretty damn consistently good for the past quarter century, okay, under Riley's leadership and under the leadership of others that Riley and Mickey Harrison have brought in. So, again, this is all context. I mean, after the break, we're going to get to Tyler here, but it's just not as simple as, you know, you know Utah preferred Colin Sexton to Tyler here. We may find that out. But these are not apples to apples comparisons when you're talking about differences between the contract, differences in the types of first round picks that you're getting, difference in the type of just chosen first round pick that you'll get, the ready made rookie, okay, that you're going to be bringing in. And then also add to that the fact that Danny Ainge really doesn't want to do business with Pat Riley and the Miami Heat. And I think all of these things came together to the point that we were, again, signaling everybody on this podcast do not get too excited about Donovan Mitchell. Because it just didn't seem like any of these forces were going to come together in that way. All right. We do want to tell you about a couple sponsors of the Five Reasons Sports Network, and then we will get back to the podcast here. And I do want to talk about Tyler as well. Before we do, we want to mention, we want to mention our friends over at Therapist Preferred. Use the code 5RSN. That's the number five. And then letters RSN. You get 25% off the tincture, the sports cream, the gummies, all at therapistpreferred.com. Again, use code 5RSN, 25% off all the premium CBD. And also for all your grooming products, use that same code. That's the number 5RSN to manscaped.com. Go to manscaped.com and you'll get 20% off at manscaped.com. So therapistpreferred.com, manscaped.com. For the big discounts, use the code. That's the number 5 and then RSN. 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All right, Tyler Hero tweeted um, after all this stuff went down. And then third part of this episode, we will talk about the Cleveland Cavaliers specifically now. But Tyler Hero tweeted, keep that same energy. Okay, I mean, look, it, uh, it, we've seen cryptic tweets all the time from players, okay? Uh, it's just the timing of this one, right, that, that it comes in at this moment. And it could have been about something completely different. But I do come back to this. Heat fans, a lot of them like to tear down their own players. And a lot of this is going on right now with Tyler on social media. And, and I just want to get to – let's I'll go back to you, Greg, on this. I mean, you're looking at a player who was drafted and was essentially – it was a panned pick from the beginning, okay? Um, it, it was a panned pick. I mean, you know – you know, and not just on Twitter, but there was concern about the pick. Okay, what was the upside of this player? Some of it is racial stereotyping. Some there all kinds of things that come into this. Okay, but Tyler was just not expected to become what he's become. Let's be honest. I mean, maybe the Heat believed it, but to be sixth man of the year in his third season to contribute what he did as a rookie in the playoffs, Tyler Hero has exceeded expectations. That that is, I think you can clearly say that and say that he's a really good basketball player. Okay, who has worked on his craft and is, has a very high skill level, okay, whatever his physical limitations may be, and still say, okay, you're concerned he may not get to the level of Donovan Mitchell. That is different, though, than what is going on on social media. Like, I, I mean, yeah. some of the stuff, right? I mean, right? I mean, some of the stuff that I saw today, Greg, it's toxic. Just, it's just toxic. He, he fans tearing down their own guy. And I, I, it's, it's like last year, this was Duncan. And now it's it's Tyler, who, yeah, is coming off a, a poor postseason. But none of us have shied away from that. If Kyle Lowry and, and Tyler Hero, prior to their injuries in the postseason, play to their levels, okay, of the regular season, the Heat probably go to the finals and maybe had a chance to win a championship. We haven't we haven't backed off from that. But like they're treating him honestly on Twitter like he's trash, and I I just I don't because he's not the other guy. And this is, again, part of that toxic kind of thing that we've discussed where it's like and it's, it plays into the Justin Termini comments the other day about how, like, Pat Riley's lost it because every player he's linked to he doesn't get. But again, <laughs> that totally discounts circumstances and all the rest of it. And it's it seems ridiculous. to be doing the same here for Tyler. It, it, it's completely ridiculous. Um, I don't even want to give the people on social media, Twitter was ugly. And that's the platform obviously that we are on most, you know, predominantly, but I'm sure that that happens in the comments of IG and Facebook. And it's just, you know, different age brackets that are chiming in, etc. But I don't like that for the human parts. Like, I think y'all all know where I stand on that kind of stuff. Like not being like, let's just be kind, but all jokes aside, like, this is where it sucks from my perspective. It's that Pat Riley and the Miami Heat got bashed for decades 
They never build through the draft. Bought, not or built, not bought was like the Spurs big thing, right? And like, so like now the Heat finally have two guys out of Kentucky that Heat fans let out collective groans. <laughs> um, that's the, my, my, my ange um, term is moan, but these were groans when both of them got drafted, Hero and Bam. And now you're getting in a situation where Bam got his extension and it was anticlimactic. The fan base was kind of like, eh, because they wanted Giannis. And now you're going to get the sixth man of the year. He's 21, 22 years old, has nothing but upside, still has trade value, is likely going to have an incentive-based contract that's going to be, you know, $110 million. He's going to get paid well, but it's not the max extension. And it's going to be another anticlimactic moment. So you've got two guys that are like drafted players that you could wrap your arms around and the fan base is ready to ship them out. And I just think that it's ridiculous at some point, like there has to be a little bit of more balance to that. I also understand the frustration of not making any additions. And like my bottom line as a fan, and I'll close here is that fine. Hold on to the assets. Don't trade Tyler. Don't trade Bam. Let's get through as much of the season as possible. What I will not stand for as a fan is being this good and this close to a title team and ducking the tax and doing nothing. That's when I, that that's my bottom line. So like, until we get to that point, I'm going to give them the benefit of the doubt. And the Tyler stuff is just disgusting. It's toxic. Extend them now. I hope they do just to shut everybody up. You look at the way the Knicks fans reacted to the R.J. Barrett extension. It was like they were going to throw another parade in front of the Sabaro. I mean, I you know, right? But for Tyler... That was, that was history, though. Right, but I, I understand it hadn't happened in like 25 years that they extended their own guy. I get it. But this does get to Greg's point. I mean, the Heat found at 13 and 14 two core pieces for their franchise and... All and look, we have we do it almost a daily podcast at this point. We are going to critique, okay? It's it's. I mean, we're going to critique statistically. We're going to critique scheme wise. We're going to critique attitude wise. All the rest of this stuff. It, it's it's what we're doing here. But again, step back to what those two guys have accomplished. Both of them would be top five picks in their respective drafts if redrafted, right? And they were picked thirteenth and fourteenth. And they haven't scratched the surface, I think. We've talked a lot, okay, about the the BAM uh, hero pick and roll, okay? There is a lot more that they can get to in all these areas. They have a natural connection to begin with, and it does seem like this whole thing is just about tearing them all down. It's all about who Tyler isn't instead of who he is. So this is the same thing that happened with the Harden stuff. And it's, it's almost, in talking to a Heat official, it's almost the same deal is that the Heat just didn't have what the other team wanted. That's it. Like, and, and I, I don't know, you know, what fans want Riley to, I mean, this thing with Justin Termini, who I just is the most uneducated thing about the Miami Heat, probably of any analyst in the entire country, because he just thinks like you snap your fingers and people come to South Beach. Again, I want to, he should explain the Dolphins, Marlins, and Panthers to me for the past 25 years, because it hasn't seemed to work for them. Uh, okay. Got him. Okay. But I'm just saying, like, if, if you look at, um, you know, the way this is going with Tyler, I mean, when are some of the fans here going to be satisfied? Is it only, is it only Alex when he puts up 25 a game in the playoffs? Is that it? I mean, is that that's the only, it doesn't matter what he, let's say he steps in as a starter and averages 21 and a half. 
with four and a half assists. Okay. He raises his efficiency. He improves defensively, you know, to some, to more competence with that group. Maybe some of the metrics get a little better with the lineups in the head, but is it still that if he does not give you 25 a game in the postseason, like Donovan Mitchell has done at times that, okay, this is a total bust. I mean, if it, it, it feels, I don't know. It, it feels very stark here. Like it's like, it's like there's no shades of gray, whatever. Like there cannot be an acknowledgement that Tyler is a good player. Who's worth the price. Absolutely. You're you're hundred percent right about the no shades of gray. That's kind of what this has all become. Right. I feel whether you're talking about Tyler himself or where you're talking about, you know, this whole trade conversation, but as far as Tyler hero, like I think, hearing you guys talk there was making me think about something. And, you know, I'm known for bungling commonly used phrases here. I'm going to intentionally bungle one right now that Pat Riley came up with and named his book after the disease of me, right? Instead of the disease of me, it's the disease of more for heat fans. Like because of the standard that the heat have set over the past decade or two, like, I just think it's become an expectation and like we've talked about on, on so many podcasts this summer, um, the way that this has dragged out, I think has just made it worse. It's brought out the worst in everybody. It just went in such an anticlimactic fashion at the end of the day, right? Just to throw one in there because it's been a while. And um, for the Nets to keep their guys, for those guys to stay, and then the Cleveland Cavaliers of all teams oh. – Right. Like they're going to be a good team. I think it's more interesting basketball wise than the Knicks getting him. Hell but the Cavs, like this whole thing is just like, what a boring, like <laughs> what a boring way for all of this to end. Right. It seemed like there was three stars uh, available and now everybody's frustrated. I, I get it. And now the, the problem is the way that everybody is taking it out. And I'm like, I'm not a therapist. I'm not professionally trained to, to speak on this, but it seems unhealthy. It seems toxic. Take out that frustration in a healthier way other than in Tyler Hero's replies calling him a bum. I, I think as a Heat fan, like you should appreciate actually Tyler Hero having that attitude as far as like it basically, you know, seems like he's going to have that chip on the shoulder attitude where it's like, okay, I saw all that. Of course he saw all that. He's a 22-year-old and has probably been seeing his name thrown around in trades and on social media in his mentions because we know how it is on social media for years now. So I think it's the, the chip on the shoulder, the chip on the shoulder stuff is great. Him looking uh, a little bit stronger in that one picture that came out is a nice little indicator, right? Like if he can actually come back stronger this season physically, that would really help him. And yeah, I think it's going to come down to him having uh, a strong playoff uh, performance for him to shut everybody up. And I think even if it's not um, 25 a game, it's got to be really good. And I think all of that, is a result of the disease of more stuff. Like he just had his first, his first uh, like really bad playoff run in, in a in a playoff run that mattered, right? Like he was pretty much bad the whole time. I think he has to respond now, but it's already at the point where there's no patience. Like if, like if he's been doing this for years and years, it seems like the like his timeline and where Heat fans want him to be, like it's not in the same place, right? And and well, because it, the it timeline that we can appreciate these two guys for different reasons, but. Yeah, that's what it comes down to. But, Alex, it's, it's because everything has been put in the context of the Jimmy timeline, which we have discussed here. And Absolutely. we're not going to argue that Tyler Hero is further along than Donovan Mitchell. But I'm also not going to argue that Donovan Mitchell is a perfect player because, I mean, there, there's been slippage for him in some areas. Yes, at this point, Donovan Mitchell is more advanced than Tyler Hero is. 
but nobody ever accounts for growth. Well, like nobody he, ever. He's not five drafts. He's not. Well, that's the thing. Picks and two swaps better than Tyler Hero. He's just not. Well, and and, and and let's come back to the Jimmy Butler trade, okay? I mean, what was traded along with Josh Richardson? Kelly Olynyk in a first? Really? I mean, when you really break it down, like that was that was the difference between Jimmy Sean Butler. And right, and right. Well, the contract they want to get rid of. Josh, I mean, that was the difference. Not five picks. <laughs> not five drafts or the players that you needed to trade to get those picks. So this is not the same. It's not the same as saying, well, we're going to trade Lamar Odom and Karan Butler for Shaq. Okay. Who is a, a franchise changing type player, or we're going to upgrade from Glenn Rice to Alonzo morning. It was Glenn Rice and like Khalid Reeves and a draft pick. It wasn't five picks or the players equivalent of those five picks and that's why we just kept saying, yeah that's why we just kept saying this is this is likely not going to happen but it has become it is this cycle now where every player who becomes like somewhat available whether it's a Beal or a Mitchell or a Lillard if Pat doesn't get him Pat's asleep Okay. Now maybe we will find out later that there were other things that they could have done to execute a trade. The stuff does tend to come out at some point. Okay. But for right now, my understanding of this was that the heat could not have done what Utah wanted in the way that Cleveland was able to do it. Danny age had a goal here. Greg, you talk about it. There are certain Alex, you talk about it too. There were certain franchises in the league. When they're they have to go all in on one thing because they, they're not going to get the free agents. Okay, so if you're an OKC, if you're a Utah, the, th- the thing you're just trying to accomplish now, you can't get players to sign there. Okay, those probably those two places more than any other in the entire NBA, actually. Okay, OKC is one street. All right, Utah, Indiana. you can't. No, well, Indiana at least there's a city there. I mean, Salt Lake is okay, but you can't be one a, street. You can't. No, you can't even get full alcohol in your beer in in Utah. Okay, in Salt Lake, there's a Benihana downtown. That's about it. All right, that's where you would see all the players. When the players are going to Benihana, you know there's not a whole lot else to do in that town. Okay, and then you look at OKC. Dwayne would rent movies in his hotel room during the finals. I said there was going to be a parade there. They would have gone back and forth down the same street in the brick, whatever house or whatever it is area. Okay. These are not attractive locations. I'm sorry to both spots. Okay. But, and so you, when you're doing this, you have to go all in. It's just like you, you, when you do the teardown, you are accumulating as many picks to get as just as many bites of the apple as you possibly can and, and you try to find, as Sam Presti did the last time, you know, in a row, okay, Durant, Westbrook, and Harden. And that's what those two franchises are going for now. And so it just turns out that Cleveland had more of those kind of assets that they were interested in. And I don't feel, on a scale of 0 to 100, that the Heat were 100 on Donovan Mitchell. I just, I just never got that sense. 85 maybe? Yes, Okay. But it wasn't like Durant. And even with Durant, it wasn't 100 because they were not including Bam. And I was told again the other day, we're not trading Bam out of bio. Now, would they have traded Tyler Hero? Yes. He's not at that level for them. Okay. But again, is it a five draft pick difference? I, I don't know. Okay. And look, if Tyler comes back and averages 
12 in the playoffs on 37% shooting and gets torched defensively, then he's going to hear it. And you know what? In that case, especially if he's gotten the extension, he'll deserve to hear it. But I am not ready to give up on Tyler Hero's growth as a player in his early 20s. I'm sorry. And I'm not ready to say Bam Adebayo is a finished product when Bam Adebayo is still younger than Alonzo Mourning was when he came to Miami. Think about that. Take that for data. So, look, we were going to do a whole thing on Cleveland. I think we should do a separate episode on that, guys, actually. I, I want to dig into the East in a real way because I do think the thing that he fans have a point about is that the rest of the conference has gotten better. Oh, we got to split and, that up. We got to milk that. Come on. Yeah, Come on, no, well, well, because now we know nothing's happening, although we've been telling you nothing's happening. Uh, but, look, they're, they're legit. I mean, they have, a, they have a starting lineup of 25 and unders, okay, who can all play, who seem to complement each other with two potential stars already in Garland and Mobley. And now you're adding Mitchell to the mix. The Knicks would not have been, in my view, better than a seven seed, even with Donovan Mitchell. Cleveland could be a home court seed, potentially. And so now you're talking about not just Boston, Milwaukee, Brooklyn, Philadelphia, there with Miami, but you're also talking about Cleveland, you're talking about Toronto, you're talking about Atlanta, you're talking about Chicago. There are nine legitimate teams in the Eastern Conference. Okay. Don't give me the Knicks. And I, I know Washington, our guy Gad loves Washington's role players. I'll, I'll believe that when I see it. There are nine legitimate teams in the Eastern Conference. It's not going to be easy for Miami. Going to be a lot of pressure on Tyler Hero, but I'll finish here. What both of you guys have talked about the fact that Tyler, if that tweet is directed at the fans, which I believe it is. And again, I don't know what's in his mind and his heart at that moment when he's on social media, but come on. If that is what it is, he fans should love that. I'm with you. Uh, Cause, cause look, he has taken the slights before and he's come back stronger and better. And I just think he's got that thing. Okay. You know, that thing that we talk about sometimes with Bam that we don't see all the time. Tyler has that thing. Tyler's an alpha personality. And so I actually think he will respond well to this in a way that sometimes Bam has not always. And we know Duncan last year struggled with. I, I don't think Tyler's going to get hurt by the, the pressure of the situation. I just think it's how good can Tyler get? And I think that's where we're at. But I, I, I do think, and I, look, I don't, I don't want to do the fan policing here anymore. We've done it on a couple of episodes, but I am with you today, Greg. The fans were shitty on Twitter today. Just like, just, and again, I think with a total lack of understanding of what the real circumstances were. If you've been listening here, you shouldn't have been surprised today, except that he went to Cleveland. Okay. That, that's, that's it. I mean, it, it was not going to be Miami. Unless and a it's lot not of the Knicks, ha ha ha! We can laugh at the Knicks to end an episode. There's that's always a good day, y'all. That's true. It's a good point. Yeah, they're still paying for not uh, keeping Pat and giving him, giving him control. So anyway, thanks for listening. We'll get into more of this in the next few days. I do want to break down the Cavs and some of the other teams. We're going to start going around the league a little bit, especially the Eastern Conference, bringing in writers uh, and talking about some of the other teams because the East is going to be a bloodbath this year. And it's going to be fun. And look, we may look back at this and everybody might say they should have done everything they could to get this particular player. Um, I just don't think they were ever really prepared to do it. I just don't think they were on full tilt with it. And I just don't think that 
I just don't think they had what Danny Ainge wanted. You know, this is the longest running blood feud in the National Basketball Association. Pat Riley and Danny Ainge expecting a trade to happen just because Dwayne happens to go out, go out there a few times a year. Might have been asking too much. Thanks to Greg. Thanks to Alex. Thanks to our sponsors. Prize picks. Use the code 5FIBE. Therapist preferred to Manscaped. Use the code 5. That's number 5, RSN. Thank you for listening to the Five on the Floor on the Five Regional Sports Network.